0: The following program, Live the Word. One of the reasons our country is in such trouble is that we, we who know Jesus Christ as Savior, we who are part of the body of Christ, we have failed to be what Jesus Christ said we are to be. And he records his words in Matthew chapter 5. Jesus made it clear that his followers are to be salt, And light. In fact, let's read the passage Matthew chapter 5. The Savior is speaking. He's speaking to those that are following him. He's speaking to those who eventually would put their faith in him after he went the way of the cross, those who would find forgiveness by trusting in the work of the cross. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, To your Father in heaven. We're to be salt and light, and the fact that the darkness right now is rather overwhelming it is because in large measure we have failed to be the light that Jesus calls us to be. Salt in the Middle East it serves several purposes. They did not have refrigeration like we have. In fact, it's important for us when we study a passage like this to imagine what life was like back then. They didn't have refrigerators, they didn't have ice, they didn't have cold drinks. And when it came to preserving food, especially meat, the only way to do so in a rather arid environment, the only way to do so was to use salt. It was a preservative. It could be sprinkled on the meat and it would preserve the meat for a period of time. Now draw the parallel here. Think about salt being placed on meat during that time to preserve it. We are to be salt, which means we are to be a moral preservative in this world, preserving this world from the evil that is inherent in the society at large and the evil that is resident within us in terms of our humanity, our fallen nature, corrupted by sin, we read in Psalm 14, beginning of verse 2, The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there is any who understand, who seek after God. Don't you think the Lord's looking down right now and asking that same question? He's looking down from heaven to see if there is anyone who understands. Is there anyone who seeks me? Our God would be saying. It goes on and says, They have all turned aside. Together they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. Now, there are people that are still doing good, but the the mass, the masses are at this point turning to corruption. And then in verse 4, it says, Have they no knowledge? All the evildoers who eat up my people as they eat bread and do not call upon the Lord? We live in a day in which sin has corrupted the culture. And we are beginning to see the outworking of this and the dangers that come with it. But we are to be salt. We are to be like salt placed on meat that is decaying, that is rotting, to preserve it for a time. The second thing that salt was used for in that day was as a flavor enhancer, which it is today. Now, obviously, there are warnings in our day because it can impact your blood pressure and the like, and so you need to place some limitations on it. But salt is still something that a lot of people will turn to in order to enhance the flavor of a given food, especially a a good steak or what have you. Well, in the same way, as salt enhances the flavor of, of a given food, we are to enhance life in the world. We are to bring to the world a taste of something that is different, a taste of something that makes life here worth living because we know this isn't all there is. And so salt was to have a positive influence on the very flavor of food, not only preserving the food, but also enhancing the flavor of the food. And where there is strife, we can, can be a, a positive influence and bring peace. Where there is heartache, we can bring the love of Christ. Where, where people feel hatred, we can bring to them the very love of Christ. And that's why we need to get beyond the political infighting that is taking place, that is intensified as maybe never before in our country, because we are called upon to love our enemies. We need to love our, quote, political enemies. Why? Because God loves our political enemies. In Luke chapter 6, verse 32, If you love those who love you, Jesus speaking, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. In other words, well, that's nothing supernatural. That's nothing outstanding when you love those that love you. I mean, those who do not believe, those who reject me. Uh, They can love those that love them. What he's talking about is, can we love those that oppose us? Verse 33 says, and if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those uh, from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great. Jesus speaking, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and those who are evil. Now, as we think about this, this is supernatural. And we have lost sight of this in in many cases that we forget that our battle is not with flesh and blood. It's not with that political party, that politician. It's not. It's much bigger than that. So let's ask ourselves, are we salt? Are we a moral preservative in our world? And I do not think that we have done well here. Are we enhancing the flavor of life so that they want to taste and see that the Lord is good? Again, I think we have had limited impact in this regard. Have we lost our saltiness? We, the body of Christ, I think when you look at the history of the modern-day church, we would have to sadly say yes, and we need to repent of that. We need to turn that around. We need to ask God to help us, especially as we see what is taking place in our country. What has happened to the United States of America, once a beacon of light to the world. But Jesus also went on and said, we are to be a light to the world. Another analogy, our good works, the the way that we live as we follow the Savior, these are to be a reflection of who he is. This is to be a light in the darkness that people live in when they don't know him. We are the light of the world, and it's suggesting there aren't other lights. It's us or there's nothing. It's him or there's nothing. And, of course, the passage goes on and talks about if if our light is hidden, it's put under a basket. By the way, in both cases, what we see here is the potential to fail to be what we have been called to be. Jesus said, if it loses its saltiness... In other words, the impact you expect someone who is likened to salt to have, well, there is the prospect. We are called to be salt, but we can fall short. We can fail. We can have a light, but we can have it hidden. We can even put it under a basket instead of on a lampstand, where it gives light to all that are near the house. Then Jesus gives a command that, This is what we need to be right now in the United States of America in light of what is taking place as we head toward what might be the most important election in the history of our country. When he said that we are to let our light shine before men, that they may see our good works, and then glorify our Father who is in heaven, that they may join us at the cross. We have got to allow the light of the gospel, the good news, to shine through our lives. Now, there are a lot of things that are diminishing the light that we should be shining, to be those who extend the love of Christ. And instead, we find ourselves engaged in argumentation that oftentimes is unprofitable, fail to, to really emphasize what is the ultimate priority, and that is the forgiveness of sin, which is made possible only by the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ on the cross. So it's important for us to recognize what might stand in the way of our being salt and light in our world. Christians are to be different than the world. But sadly, so many of us have bought in. There is no distinction. There is no difference on a practical level. If someone looks the life of a believer and the life of an unbeliever, they see the same thing. They see that we too are simply living for comfort and convenience. And we fail to demonstrate the depths of our love for Jesus Christ. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 15, the writer of the gospel suggests that saltiness can be lost specifically because of a lack of peace in relationships. In other words, we're not able to, to love one another in such a way as to reflect the very love of Christ to others. And so for us to to fall into that kind of a pattern where we can't even love one another, how can we love an unbelieving world that is classified as our enemy? Then we've lost our saltiness. And so as we approach this election, we should keep in mind that the Lord Jesus Christ has called us to be salt, a moral preservative we should vote in line with what biblical truth says is not only true, but right, correct, that which honors God. That we are to be a moral preservative by taking every step we can to preserve the culture by sprinkling the reality of who Christ is in the midst of all that we do and all that we say. And we are to be a light, a light in an ever-increasingly dark world, a light that allows people to come to it in order to find out what life is really all about. And what life is really all about is coming to know Jesus Christ as Savior, then living for Him, and then upon taking that last breath, we depart to be with Him. So let's ask the Lord to help us, even at this moment, to show us any way that we're not salt and light, that we might repent of it, but that we ask the Lord to to allow us the privilege of representing Him, His Word, His truth, to a dying world and to a country in deep, deep danger.